0: everybody. Welcome to Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk. This is Season 2, Episode 50. Season 1 had 45 episodes, so we're up to 95 total now. And I was thinking about some of the episodes that I've done. If you go back to Season 2, Episodes 5 through 10, right around that range, those were taking a look back at Kirk Ferentz's career as the head coach for the Hawkeyes, going back on on each season and talking about some of the key players, some of the key wins, bowl games. Um, So if you haven't had a chance, you're a big football fan. I thought those were pretty fun. Also, one around who is the biggest uh, rival of the Hawkeyes and went through some of our trophy games and things like that. So that's Season 2, Episodes 5 through 10. Well, unfortunately, today we're going to be talking about the Hawkeyes losing a home game to the Wolverines, 84-79. to Not good, dropping home games at this point in the season to a Michigan team that was 7-6 and six in the conference. The Hawkeyes were tied until this game with Michigan for 7th place. Now the Hawkeyes drop back and has a, they have a really tough stretch ahead. Before getting into this game, I do want to talk a little bit about the announcement that Ken O'Keefe is moving on from the quarterback's coach. And moving into an analyst role with the Hawkeye football team. And the more I've thought about this, just kind of letting it soak in, the more intriguing this gets. First, Ken O'Keefe, 18 years as coach for the Iowa Hawkeyes. He was an offensive coordinator from 1999 when Kirk first was hired at Iowa through 2011. In 1999, O'Keefe was responsible for wide receivers in addition to being the offensive coordinator. Then he took over the quarterback coach role in. 2000 through 2011 at which time he moved on to the nfl as a wide receivers coach for the dolphins well ken o'keefe came back to the hawkeyes prior to the 2017 season to coach the quarterbacks and you look at his body of work it's pretty impressive you know he helped kirk build the hawkeyes and he gave kirk and incidentally he gave kirk his first coaching job at the wooster academy in 1978 so those two have been friends or you know friends and colleagues for just years and years, and, and if you look at you know five of the top ten single season quarterback performances at Iowa came under O'Keefe's leadership uh, I'm, I'm guessing the rest of them were Chucks, Chuck Hartley, Chuck Long, but you know Iowa's offense in two thousand and two was just incredible with Brad Banks in his second season as a quarterback in Iowa City after transferring from a junior college unbelievable running game with Freddie Russell, Jamel Lewis. Wide receivers like C.J. Jones, Mo Brown, Eddie Hinkle, and, of course, Dallas Clark at tight end. It was also probably the best offensive line that the Hawkeyes have had in history, probably ever. And Iowa, boy, I mean, if Iowa could have an offensive line close to as good as that team was that year, the Hawkeyes would be a perennial top-ten team. Robert Gallery, Bruce Nelson, Eric Steinbeck, to name a few. The offensive lineman on that 2002 team then in 2003 along came a new quarterback with Nate Chandler I believe he was a transfer also and he only had a few snaps in 2002 but he put together a pretty decent year um, and then it was true sophomore Drew Tate he didn't get a redshirt year and he was thrown in there in 2004 and the offense had to completely change that year with the top I don't know it's top three top four running backs got injured And the Hawkeyes had to make some adjustments and shared the Big Ten championship title and ended the season in the top ten for the third year in a row after beating LSU. It was the Capital One Bowl, the catch, Tate to Holloway. And, you know, the Hawkeyes haven't been without issues during his time as well. You know, development of quarterbacks has been called out at times, especially over the last several years. Nate Stanley, he was a good Hawkeye quarterback just didn't seem to take a big step up over his three years as the starter. His percentage completion was 56% in his first year as a starter. TD to interception ratio, 26 to 6, just exceptional. But the completion percentage, you know, the next couple of years it went up a little bit, but just stuck at 59%. You really want to see that closer to 63, 65% or even higher, but. TDs dropped, interceptions went up. And then Spencer Petras in two years, both with around eight starts, both seasons, had a completion rate of 57%. He had nine TDs and five interceptions in 2020, and then 10 TDs, nine interceptions in 2021. Just, you know, he doesn't seem to have the accuracy, consistency needed for that quarterback position. But Alex Padilla came in, started a couple of games in 2021, uh, came off the bench a couple of times, Just didn't do much better. Just two TDs, two interceptions, 49% completion percentage. And, I mean, obviously that's not all on Ken O'Keefe. I'm not trying to insinuate that. But just intrigued with the opportunity of bringing in some new ideas, maybe bringing in a so-called quarterback guru who can really coach those guys up, mechanics, how to move around the pocket, when to tuck it and run, you know, and then potentially bring some new wrinkles to the offense, maybe some more run-pass option plays, RPOs, um, get those into the playbook to help keep the defense on its heels. And the more I think about it, just the more it seems like this could be a big step in the evolution of this offense and correcting what's been missing of late, and that's elite-level quarterback play. The Hawkeyes haven't really had an elite quarterback. Stanley was a good quarterback. He's with the Vikings, but... As soon as he graduated from the Hawkeyes, he went right to a quarterback's coach, uh, Tony Rassiopi, and he went there to work on me- mechanics prior to the NFL Combine, and he's changed his body so much too. He's so much leaner now than when he was a Hawkeye. And I'm just really interested to see what happens here, who they bring in to take over this role, what type of impact that person could have on the quarterback room as well as on, on the offense, and then in recruiting as well. Uh, if we get an elite quarterback coach in there, uh, that could be a, a big deal when it comes to getting recruits to Iowa City. Now, all remains to be seen. You know, Sure, appreciate Ken O'Keefe and what he's done, but kind of exciting to maybe get some new blood in there as well. There's been rumors uh, that Tony Rassiope could be one of the guys they're looking at. He's a private quarterbacks coach. He's worked with Stanley. He's worked with Petrus, uh, other quarterbacks, uh, as they're getting ready for college or as they're getting ready for the NFL have worked with him Um, one of the Hawkeye recruits out east also is is working with him currently so who else Uh, we've heard people talking about Drew Tate but he just got out of the Canadian Football League I think he coached one season at UT Martin and now he just got hired at UNI to be the quarterback's coach it's a little bit intriguing he just hasn't had a whole lot of experience as a quarterback coach or as a coach. Um, I don't know. That's a little bit intriguing, though. Everybody loved Drew Tate when he was a Hawkeye. And then David Rye has been mentioned. He played quarterback at Iowa. He was on the staff for a few years, spent a lot of time in the NFL. He's been an offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, but not a whole lot of experience there coaching quarterbacks. Most of his roles have been in other areas. But for sure, it's interesting. Um. It's. I'm guessing it's going to be someone that we aren't even thinking about or we haven't – whose name hasn't come up yet. Um, but, man, you know, somebody that could, could really develop quarterbacks and somebody that's going to make Iowa City look really, really enticing to them to come play for, that would be just huge for the Hawkeyes to get some really elite quarterbacks in future years. And the Hawkeyes have been doing a really good job recruiting quarterbacks. They're bringing in four stars, and they've got one lined up for 2022, one for 2023. But who knows? You know, in the future, if they have a lot of success at the quarterback position, maybe they'll be able to bring in some five-star guys. So who knows? Just something to think about. Well, let's go ahead and shift gears and talk about basketball. Just a really disappointing loss, as I mentioned, to Michigan. You look at the upcoming schedule the Hawkeyes going to Ohio State on Saturday, then back home to face Michigan State. The Hawkeyes could drop from seven and six to seven and nine in the course of six days. I don't expect this to happen, but getting a win over Michigan, advancing to eight and six, would make me feel a lot better right now. Uh, seven and seven is not a great feeling, but this game came down to poor shooting, shooting from anywhere on the court from two, from three, from the free-throw line. Just really frustrating. The Hawkeyes should have been able to win this game, but, you know, again, the Hawkeyes came out strong. You know, they seemed to be over that issue earlier in the year where they would dig a big hole to start games. Fast start, but then Michigan went on an 11-0 run about seven minutes into the game, and then after Michigan took a 21-14 lead, the Hawkeyes stormed back to tie it at 21. There were nine lead changes in the first half alone. The Hawkeyes led 39-37 at the half. Just a beautiful play to end regulation. Iowa had the ball with just over two seconds on the clock. It had to go from under Michigan's basket all the way to the other end. Connor McCaffrey, baseball player, he threw a great baseball pass. Keegan Murray outjumped his defender, turned and swished a jumper beating the buzzer. The stats were really close at half, along with the score. Both teams shot forty seven percent. Neither could do much from long range. Michigan just one of twelve from three, Iowa two of eight. Michigan out rebounded Iowa nineteen to sixteen that first half. Turnovers were an issue. It was really not like the Hawkeyes to be turning it over so carelessly. Really bad, sloppy passing at times. Guys would you know, there were times guys just had the ball taken away from them. Like they were standing there and they didn't see a Michigan player behind him, And all of a sudden, the guy would take it and go the other way for a layup. Hawkeyes had seven turnovers at half to six for Michigan. Doesn't seem that big when you look at those numbers. But Iowa averages less than nine turnovers per game. It's part of their blueprint to win. And that seven, seven turnover stat, you know, that didn't look good. And, and, and it turned into easy points for Michigan. Well, Michigan got up by 12 points with 3.25 remaining in the game. But then Michigan missed its final seven shots. Patrick McCaffrey started scoring. He had seven points in Iowa's 9-0 run. But the Hawkeyes couldn't get any closer to three points. Keegan Murray missed a three to tie the game. He had a pretty good look, kind of top of the key. But just couldn't get it to fall. Then Jabo hurled a shot from just past half court, or not not you know, just over the half court line. He thought he was getting fouled, and I think he was, but no foul was called on Michigan, and that was that was ball game. Michigan tacked on a couple free throws for a five point win. For the game, Michigan shot fifty percent despite missing their last seven shots. The Hawkeyes shot just forty four percent. The Hawkeyes missed three dunks, maybe more. I remember three. Um Two by Keegan Murray, one by Patrick McCaffrey. Those were just huge in the end. Both teams made four three-pointers. Michigan in 20 attempts. The Hawkeyes on 18 attempts from long range. But the Hawkeyes, you know, they really lost this game just with those dunks. And then the the free-throw line. The Hawkeyes shot 65% from the free-throw line, 13 of 20, just leaving some points out there. Michigan was 78%. They shot 18 of 23 from the line. Rebounding was close. Michigan did lead 40 to 37. Uh, Both teams ended with 11 turnovers, so the Hawkeyes cleaned that up in the second half. Well, Jawan Howard had two technical fouls in this game, one due to his repeated swearing. Uh, At the rest, you could read his lips on TV, and the second was just a really strange deal where it was going to be out of bounds on Iowa ball was rolling past him, Howard scooped it up and immediately realized he shouldn't have done that, and he was given a Class B technical. It's not as serious as a Class A. He was able to stay in the game and continue to coach, despite that being his second technical foul. Well, Diabate from Michigan, a true freshman with a career high, 28 points. His previous high was 15. He was 12 of 15 shooting, and that's after missing one near the end of the game. He was 12 of 14 prior to that. And I, I just have to say part of that was due to poor post defense by the Hawkeyes. He was getting the ball way too close to the basket. Hunter Dickinson, the 7-1 center, scored 14, but he also had nine rebounds and seven assists. He's a good passer for a big guy. Finds open guys at three. Finds open guys streaking down the lane. Keegan Murray, he missed a lot of time late in the game due to leg cramps. Those are so painful, but, boy, I was worried it was something worse. When he first went down, he was grabbing that leg. That was kind of a scary moment. But Keegan, he was 5 of 10 shooting at half, and then he really struggled in the second half. He had the one three-point make in the first half. Um, Overall, 23 points, a 9 of 23 shooting. Really struggled from the free throw line also. I think he missed four or five free throws. Missed two three-point attempts in the second half. He did corral seven rebounds. Not his best game. I mean, obviously, Keegan's such a great player. <laughs> you kind of expect him to just be be the best player out there all the time. He missed a couple of dunks, and he was, you know, the leg cramps could have been part of that. He was just really struggling towards the end of that game with the cramps, and he only played 32 minutes which is low for him because he had to keep sitting out and they had to work on those cramps. But, you know, it just wasn't the best game for him. Just too bad other guys didn't step up enough to get the W. And he is still one of the best players in the country. Patrick McCaffrey, he was sick. He hadn't eaten anything all day. He played 27 minutes. He sat a bit after halftime. But he turned it on late in the game. He made some really nice buckets. He ended up with 13 points on 6 of 11. He was 0 of 2 from 3, really struggling from deep lately. Nice game by Philip Rabracha On the offensive end, he had 12 points on 5 of 9 shooting. He was getting pretty aggressive down there uh, going into the basket. He had 6 rebounds and 3 assists as well. He had to go up against a 7-1 player, and he put up a fight. j 11 points. He was 2 of 5. Looked like he was just having trouble getting open in this game. The D really focused on him, trying not to let J-Bo beat them with three-pointers, and they did a good job there. Tony Perkins had five assists and four points in the starting role again. It really interesting to see the minutes and how they play out by those guards. J-Bo had 30 minutes, and then several others rotating in and out there ranged between 11 and 16 minutes. Chris Murray off the bench, 3 of 7 shooting, 1 of 3 from long range, 8 points, just 1 rebound. Josh Agundale was put in to help defend the big 7-footer for Michigan. He played 4 minutes. Peyton Sanford was off the mark in this one, just 1 of 6 shooting, 0 of 4 from 3. He did have a nice rebound and put back, but that was it. Joe T, Joe Toussaint, 2 points. Eulis uh, had 4, Connor McCaffrey. Had four rebounds and four assists in this game. The Hawkeyes fall to Michigan by 5, 84-79 at Carver-Hawkeye Arena. That one stings, especially when you're looking at a Michigan team that's 13-10 overall and 7-6 in the conference. Next up, on Saturday, it is Ohio State, 1.30 Central Time at Value City Arena on Fox Sports 1. The Buckeyes are 16-6, and 9-4 and four in the conference, good for fourth place. Uh, they've had a couple of postponements, and so they have the same number of losses as the three teams above them. They just don't have as many wins due to the postponements that will be made up later this year. So Ohio State, the Buckeyes are a good team. It's going to be another quick turnaround then with Michigan State at home on Tuesday, and then Iowa will have to be ready to go on the road to Nebraska on Friday of next week. They just cannot afford to lose that game. They gotta be, they have to be ready uh, when they get to Lincoln. Well, can the Hawkeyes get a big road win to help that NCAA resume follow that up with a big win over another ranked team? Tom Izzo's Spartans at home. Why not? Let's go get some wins. Go, Hawks!